Hey everyone. So today I'd like to take you on a little journey to Amsterdam. I went to visit the city at the end of last year and really, really enjoyed it. I got a lot of good tips from you on what to visit, where to go. And in one of the museums that we went to, I found this lovely little souvenir. I have a similar one from Paris that you might remember, which I really, really like. So I figured I'd add this one to my collection. And before we have a look at the map, let's see what we can find on here. That gives us an idea of what Amsterdam is known for. So we start here in the front with a very happy looking person riding a bike. And in the basket, there are lots and lots of tulips. And they continue here, everywhere on the sides. Because of course, Amsterdam is known for the tulip mania of its golden age in the 17th century. And you can still get a lot of tulips there. And it's also known for being very friendly to cyclists and you can use a bike pretty much everywhere. Right behind we have a bridge across the canal. The canals from which a lot of bikes are then pulled out of again. I guess that just comes with that kind of cityscape. And Amsterdam sometimes also known as the Venice of the North. There are about a thousand five hundred bridges in the city and about a hundred kilometers of canals. I think that's around 60 miles. We'll have a closer look at those canals, or Kachten, as they're called. We can just about see here in the background a little boat there behind the bike. You can take a boat tour around Amsterdam to all the main sites, which a lot of you suggested, sadly. We didn't have the time for that. And then in the background, you can see a lot of the famous houses along the Grachten. There's also a bit of a crooked street lamp right there, but that's not because the street lamps are crooked, that's just because the paper is a little bent. So, 
though it's just special to um, my particular paper image of Amsterdam. But what is a bit crooked in real life too are some of the houses. You can see this one here on the right hand side. It just looks like it's leaning a bit. And there was something that really, really fascinated me about Amsterdam. How all the houses just seem to lean a bit to the left or to the right. And the windows were adjusted for that. It has to do with the many, many canals and the uh, wetland that Amsterdam's built on. We'll get to that in a moment. Just also quickly want to point out how narrow some of these houses are, especially there in the back, in front of the tower. Don't know how well you can see that. And the reason is that people who built these houses got taxed based on the width of the house. So in order to save some money, they built never houses, but they built upwards and they were very, very deep with often lovely courtyards and gardens in the back that you can't see at all from the street. And here all of our houses are very, very bright and shining white in front of this night sky. But many of them are actually painted almost black with white windows and decorations. And I didn't expect it, but I thought they looked really stunning. I absolutely love the architecture in the center. They also have lots of different gables. So this top part here on the roof. And what you'll often find here, because the houses are so narrow, these staircases are very narrow too. And now you can imagine if you move in, getting so far up those stairs is a bit of an issue, so that's not what they do. There's a little beam up here that's protruding, and then you just use the pulley system to pull the sofa up in front of the facade, which also leans forward just a little bit to help with that. And then the sofa just goes in through one of the windows. which I think is probably a bit, um, well, not the easiest way to move, and moving isn't easy in the first place, is it? But it's quite an ingenious way to make use of the space. Okay, let's put this to the back.
so here we have a map of the city centre I have to admit this one's a bit older it's from 2012, it says here on the side can you believe it? I did not actually pick up a map while I was in Amsterdam I somehow missed that part <laughs> but luckily I still have one in my collection so what can we see here? we have the city centre there's the medieval part then the expansion that came with the golden age and of course today Amsterdam's grown a lot larger the actual city has about a million inhabitants but the metropolitan area has two and a half million so quite a bit larger the name of the city originally meant a dam along the Amstel which is the name of the river we can find the Amstel right here Binnen Amstel moving straight up towards the center then we have a little bend and then we only find it again coming back up here just in front of the central station this part's called the Damrak where I guess the river's gone underground and here we still have at the very center the dam when I first read that Amsterdam means dam across the Amstel I tried to figure out where there would be in the city centre and kind of retraced my steps which parts I had visited and I couldn't figure that one out at all but of course since this area has changed quite a bit since the 12th century you don't really notice that you're walking on a historic dam this one is just one large square today and on one side was a historic settlement and then there was another one on the other just sort of rows of houses along the Amstel which at the time was a very small river and the dam across then formed like a chromosome, like an age form I really liked how there was described in this book here so I did pick up something about Amsterdam just not a map per se and we have a little illustration of this original settlement can see this here, this age form and the Amstel then goes out 
to a larger body of water called the eye. And you can see here on the side, there's lots of little kind of canals. So you had a drainage system at the time. Because Amsterdam is built on wetland, the ground is peat. And peat is organic matter that's not fully decomposed because there's not enough oxygen in the water. The issue is, if you drain this area, then the peat resumes its decomposition. And the way it's described in this book, which I think is a, a nice image for something that caused a lot of problems, it says the ground deflated like a souffle. So like the air was coming out of it and it started to sink. Of course, it wasn't below uh, sea level initially, but it kept sinking more and more. And so the people living here had to keep finding solutions to the water coming in. They built new dikes, new sewage systems. The ground kept falling, but they just added, you know, kind of little bits and pieces. And I guess at some point you're just so invested that you stay here. And the book suggests that maybe sort of this initial necessity to work together also helped make Amsterdam what it is today and sort of led to the golden age of the 17th century where it became rich from the merchant excursions across the world. Here we have a close-up of this dam across the Amstel, the river at the time. Still being open, you can see all the little boats here along the sides. And what is today one large square at the time really was the dam with a market on it, and houses built on it. And then on the other side you had the actual square. It's quite fascinating, there's lots of documents from back then that everything was just filled with merchants and people would get animals to the markets and there's just lots and lots going on and they kept trying to figure out ways to open up the square a bit. You can also see one of the churches here. This is the old side of the city, as it's called. And on the other side, there's another church on the new side of the city. You can also see some defensive lines here, a wall, some windmills. And you can see the gardens. 
sort of built behind the rows of houses though some of these look pretty narrow and dense and then over here they open up a bit so that's the area today so we're looking at the Amstel coming in disappearing under the Damrak and this would be the square with the old dam across the river In the 14th century, a lot of the merchants in Amsterdam were working with the Hanseatic League, which you might remember. But they soon broke with the League and instead established independent trade routes out across the Baltic, for example. And then set up a trading system with herring. There's a saying that Amsterdam is built on herring bones because they were so successful with it. The old border of the medieval city was the single here. So that's one of the canals. And you can see here, for example, the flower market. It's a floating flower market on the single. What well, I did buy some tulips and I only just read today that apparently the quality of those tulips is not particularly great. So that's definitely more of a bit of a tourist trap. Too late now. I really hope that they're going to bloom anyway because I gave them away as gifts. I thought it would be a really cute gift from Amsterdam. A bit kitschy, but you know, sometimes that's a nice thing to have. So there's the single going up to the Amstel again. And we have another canal up here and small ones here. Here are these two churches I mentioned, the new one and the old one. The old one today being right in the middle of the red light district, which is uh, an interesting uh, contrast. The new church, by the way, also doesn't function as a church anymore, but rather is an exhibition space. When I was there, I didn't know that. I'm kind of learning a lot of things about Amsterdam now in hindsight. But I figured I would have a quick look inside. 
and they asked me to pay for the entrance, which I did, and only after that did I realize that there was this really massive exhibition on Indonesia where you not just got a lot of background info on the history, on the flora and fauna, but also a lot of detailed information on Indonesia in the 20th century. So that was actually really, really interesting and I wish I'd had a bit more time. But I guess that's a bit of an issue in general with Amsterdam that you just ran out of time. There's so much to see. When Amsterdam ran out of space in the 16th, 17th century, the city expanded outwards and they created the Krachtenkordel, as it's called. One, two, and three. You have the Herrengracht, Kaiserskracht, and Prinzengracht. And... I'm not quite sure where it is. I think here in this corner, there's the golden band with like the nicest houses along the garden. And I really like how you can just wander here and kind of take one of these bridges, some of these smaller streets, and get a little lost. These parts here in orange are shopping areas, so they're a bit busier. But I feel like you can always just move somewhere else. And suddenly you're standing in a place away from all the tourists. Where it's a bit more quiet. I also got taken on a lovely guided walk here through the Jordan, which used to be a workers' district, but today has a very lively music and art scene, and is it's of a very trendy district. The name Jordan might actually come from the French word for garden, jardin, because there were a lot of gardens in the inner courtyards. And again, you can see here lots and lots of smaller canals, so it's really never-ending. They continue out here and then further out 
towards the south. They extend upwards to the eye again. And the little dotted lines that we see here all across, these are from the boat trips that you can take. So this particular map shows us two points where you can get on the boats. But they are, I think, all across the city. Um, I was thinking about getting on a boat ne near the station. But again, didn't have time. I did visit this part. The... Well, I think I'm not going to try and read that out. Uh, but it's a museum about the history of ships. And you can see here, there's a VOC ship called Amsterdam. VOC was the uh, Dutch East India Company, a shipping company that did not exactly have a good reputation, both because of the conditions on the ships and also the VOC was um, involved in the slave trade. I thought that the exhibitions, by the way, in Amsterdam were really great at having a look at that part of Dutch history, of uh, colonialism, and how the exploitation of other parts of the world is intrinsically linked to the way that Amsterdam was flourishing during the Golden Age. Here in this museum too, there were some really lovely exhibitions. I still have the little leaflet that you get there. So they call it the National Maritime Museum. And the leaflet is the compass you're getting. There's an open courtyard. And then the exhibitions are located in the different wings, labeled north, east and west. You can see here that you can go aboard the East Indiaman Amsterdam. There are some smaller exhibitions like this one, the Sea of Space, queer culture on merchant ships in the mid-20th century. Then here are lots of historic like ship decorations or navigational instruments. But also this part I really enjoyed, Solo at Sea, the world trip of Hermann Janssen, who took a solo tour around the world. So I thought that was really great. And of course you might want to visit one of the museums, like the Rijksmuseum here. Lots and lots of beautiful art. 
I really enjoyed the uh, house here along the Grachten. This was a really great tip. It's one of these beautiful houses there where you can go inside and there's an interactive tour throughout the house and through the city or through the history of the city. You go from room to room in a group and you have your little audio guide in the language you've picked and then for example you can see how the city was drained the canals were built how the houses were put together how they ensured that they would actually stand on this uneven ground there are lots and lots and lots of pillars under the city altogether five million wooden piles or today they're concrete piles and the railway station for example there are still 8,600 to make sure that no part of the station starts to sink into the ground so this was really lovely there's also the Anne Frank house but a tip if you want to visit that you have to get your tickets as early as possible it was unfortunately sold out while I was there Although, I think it's a really good thing that so many people are interested to visit it, so I guess it's, it's actually fortunate that it was sold out and a good sign. Towards the south of the center, there's also the Pipe, a 19th century district, which is recommended for its dining opportunities and nightlife also with the old Heineken factory there's the really gorgeous Fundal Park where I went for a little tour and up here from the central station then have the tracks running out and back towards Vienna so the night train that I took to come back home Even says Central Station here. 
the old city center, then this belt of canals, and then since then the city's expanded outwards. And you can see how it's connected here, for example, to the North Sea. Of course, so much water in the city centre can also lead to some issues. As you can imagine, you might have a lot of mosquitoes in the water. That's still an issue, as I can attest. But it also took a long time to connect the city to a sewage system and to figure out a system that would change the water in the canals. So some pumps were created in the 19th and 20th century in order to change the water, make sure it's fresh and doesn't get stale. So I think when you walk through Amsterdam today, which is just an absolutely lovely place with a lot of green and very clear water in the canals that too took a long time to create. Here, I really like this. In the 18th century, the garden book was created where the different facades of Herengracht and Kaisergracht were documented. And you can see all the lovely variation in the facade. the tall windows, that the buildings have, to allow for light to fall into these really long and narrow rooms. You can see the variations on the gables, you can see the pillars here even. And the ornaments on the sides, the beautiful stairs leading upwards that too sometimes are very steep. But of course make for really lovely entrances. And both me and the friend I was with, we were really impressed just with the kind of general feeling of the city. I live in Vienna and she lives in Germany and I think both our cities are very, very tidy and everything sort of very orderly. And Amsterdam sometimes just has these little pockets where there's 
a little wilderness coming in like a lot of plants also outside the facades along the walkways that sometimes grow quite tall and the houses themselves which are in a really good condition but of course all a little lopsided and a little leaning and we both said we can't see houses like that standing here in Austria or in Germany mm. you can see it here how it just kind of it seems to sit a little lower on one side it's a very very charming city I have to say and I'm really impressed with the way this book kind of tells the history of it even though I somehow haven't managed to read as much of it as I would have liked and I also saw your many comments about visiting the cities in the area, so not just going to Amsterdam. I have a feeling I might actually have to go back and see some of the other places too. There was a nice short intro when I went there on vacation, but definitely not enough to see everything that's worth seeing there but for now I think we should have a look at these stars here in the back and the night sky it's time to finish this video thank you so much for spending your time with me I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this and I'll see you again next week.